After making references to the Vikings two weekends in a row, I made a vow to myself this weekend that I would make no reference whatsoever to the Vikings or the NFL. But then I was supposed to be praying during the opening readings here this morning, or this afternoon, this evening, whatever it is. I couldn't help but make the connection that the Vikings are in London this weekend, which means the game is at 8.30 tomorrow morning, and many of you who go to the 9 o'clock Mass have a more important obligation tomorrow at 8.30 watching the Viking game. So I see Viking fans out there. I know you're at the 9. You're smiling. Just teasing. Glad you are here. Um, hopefully somebody will be here tomorrow morning when the Vikings are playing. So as we continue to make our way through uh, the Gospel of Luke, I think it's p- worth pointing out, everyone, that we always look to our cue for interpreting our gospel reading by looking to the first reading from the Old Testament, right? So just to kind of put that in some further framework, we're always doing a continuous reading of the gospel. So tonight, Luke chapter 17, we're making our way through the gospel of Luke. But the church goes through and selects a first reading from the Old Testament that's shed some light as to what you and I are supposed to be focusing on in our reading of the gospel. So if you're ever wondering, so what should I be pulling from the gospel, the first reading will always tell us. So this evening, from the book of Habakkuk, there's a mouthful, the last line was this. The just one, because of his faith, shall live. The just one, because of his faith, shall live. So the Old Testament is telling us that faith leads to life. Faith leads to living. So that means then the cue we have for reading the, old, the, the, the gospel reading, right, would be what? Well, that of faith, right? Because the just man, because of his faith, shall live. And then all of a sudden we have... In our gospel, the apostles begging Jesus to do what? To increase our faith. So we can see that connection. Increase our faith, the apostles say. And Jesus, his response was what? If you have just a little bit of faith, if you have the faith the size of mustard seed, you will be able to say to this mulberry bush, be uprooted and be cast into the sea. What a silly thing to say. Okay, we don't have mulberry bushes. I don't even know what a mulberry bush is, but I know this. It's known for having a very complicated root system. So a mulberry bush is a bush whose roots are deeply intertwined with the soil that makes it very hard to uproot. And last time I checked, you don't see a lot of bushes growing in the sea. But Jesus says, if you have a little bit of faith, you can say to that deeply rooted bush, get up and throw to the sea and it'll have life. So what's the takeaway? Have a little bit of faith. Now that word faith, kind of like the word mercy last weekend, that word faith, we can sometimes slip into just a generic use of the word, right? We can equate faith with just having belief, right? What does it mean to have faith? Well, it means to believe. Okay. But faith actually is something even deeper than just plain old-fashioned belief. There's two different aspects of approaching faith when talking about faith. First, we can talk about the faithfulness of who. 
Well, the faithfulness of God, right? So in its very essence, the word faith is something that God possesses or something that God is. God is faithful, right? That is the reality of God. God can do nothing, be nothing other than faithful to his promises, to his people, to his covenants, whatever it is, God is faithful. So we're talking about the faithfulness of God, the faithfulness of Christ. But when you and I talk about faith, we usually mean the second meaning, meaning our trust in that reality of God, right? So if we ask for an increase of faith, we're asking for an increase of trust in the faithful one. We're asking for an increase of trust in the one who is faithful. So there's those two components about faith. The faithfulness of God in our own personal faith. Now when Jesus is asked to increase the apostles' faith, I think it's helpful to know that their request for their faith to be increased is coming after Jesus said something very demanding of them. Right before this, Jesus told the apostles that if their brother sins against them seven times in one day, in each of those seven times comes back to repent. They say, how many times do I need to forgive my repentant brother? Do you know what Jesus says? Seven times. Every time your brother says, please forgive me, if he asks sincerely, you must forgive him. And what is the apostles' response? Increase our faith. What you've just asked us to do is impossible. Now, I think the takeaway for us this weekend is this. Faith allows us, everyone, to do the impossible. When God makes demands in our life, when crosses come our way, when sufferings come our way, what faith allows you and I to do is have unshattered, unflappable confidence and belief and trust in the faithful one. I also think it's helpful to have a little bit of a working definition of faith. This is what I run with. Faith is God's work in me to which I respond. So if we're asking for an increase of faith, according to that definition, what faith is, is the work of God, not the work of man. It is God working in you. God working in me. St. Thomas Aquinas would say that God is pure act, which means you and I don't have to convince God to act. We don't have to convince God to do things. We don't have to convince God to work. God is purely always working. And what he wants to do in us is work. So faith is the work of God. Where? In me. In you. Faith doesn't take place in a vacuum. Faith takes place in the human heart. So faith is God's work in me to which I respond. Which means that everyone, faith requires what? A response. Faith requires a heartfelt, willful, conscious response. And the response is ours. And the response is trust in the faithful one. So I know at times 
our faith might seem like it's on the verge of being shattered. What do the apostles ask for? Just an increase in faith. Faith increases in us, everyone, by asking for that increase. And faith is allowing the work of God to take place in you, in me. And it requires a response. May we ask for an increase of faith wherever it's needed.